Welcome back. Uh, we had a few Facebook difficulties tonight, but we're going now. So usually I give kind of a warning before I'm going live tonight. You're getting it right now. Uh, I am going to go right into this week's message, which is called This Is Us. Uh, and it's the end of the series, uh, Who Am I? Where we've been talking each week about who you are in certain situations and certain decisions. So I want to read my scripture, which is Romans 8, 31 through 39. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself, has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one, for Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. Uh, I will keep going with the scripture, but I've always loved it. And I wanted to end this series all along with this passage because when we are thinking about who we are, the answer as Christians should be we are children of God. We are loved by God. We are people who take God's light to the world. We are people who show what it means to truly love God, to truly be loved by God, and then to take that and love others. Uh, it would be impossible not to talk about some of the things that are going on right now. And, and as I prayed over this week and thought about it, and I just kept going back, it was amazing to me, although normal to me, because that's how God works, that this is the passage that he put on my heart at the very beginning of this series. And it's a time when we really need to, to pay attention to it. Because some of the questions that it asks, who can be against us if God loves us? Who can condemn us if God loves us? We would answer that different ways sometimes because it feels all of the time like people are after us. It feels all of the time like people uh, are, are going after what we think, what we believe. And then that sucks. Like just simply put, that sucks. As teenagers, you're often told, and I've said this a lot, you're told what you think doesn't matter because you're too young or grow up and pay attention, blah, blah, blah. And so all of those things as adults, we hear that in different ways too. And what this says, and I'll keep going, like I said, God loves everyone. Christ loves everyone. He died for everyone. He did not just die for Christians. In fact, he died for us before we were Christians. He did not just die for Americans. Uh, in fact, he wasn't American. It's around the world. Every single person, regardless of belief, regardless of anything, he did not just die for white people. Uh, again, he was not white. He, he was from the Middle East. He was Jewish. And he did not die for any one race, any one gender, any one belief. Now, let me be careful to say, we can only go to heaven if we believe in him. Him loving us does not affect that. Now, he wants everyone to see him, to look to him. But it's on us to make that decision. And it is also on us, those that accept his love freely and, and talk about it and live it out, to actually live it out. And where it says... Uh, nobody can condemn us. We shouldn't go around looking to condemn others. We should not go around looking for ways to Facebook our opinion to the world. Uh, there are times absolutely where we should fight for injustice, where we should share it. But what I've seen lately is outrage over the wrong things. And, and we recently had, and I'll just say it, a, a young black man was murdered by a police officer. I can say that, and it's accurate. It's true. He was murdered. If you've seen the video, you know that it was a murder. Uh, that does not mean that all police officers are bad at all. Uh, it does not mean that all police officers are racist. It means in that situation, something bad happened. It also means that there's a problem in this world where so many people can look at that and try to defend it, where so many people can look at that and see different things. And, and 
One of the things uh, that, that I've heard people say about children is they have a Ptolemaic view. He was a mathematician. I'm not going to get into that. Nobody cares. Uh, but he believed the earth was the centerpiece of the entire universe. Um, as kids, they believe that they are the center of the universe. You know that as parents, teenagers, sorry. You know, sometimes you believe that. And not in like an egotistical way, but in a way like if something bad happens, you blame yourself. If something good happens, you're like, oh, I must have done something right, etc. And as adults, we're supposed to grow out of that, but we don't. Uh, we, we often, and if you just look on Facebook, look on Twitter, look on anywhere, you see people who, by their words, feel like they are the center of the universe. When something horrible is happening and people are standing up for it, some people who are not involved feel like they have to jump in and, and save them with their own opinions. Uh, it, it's a tough thing, and it's a tough thing even for me to talk about because it, it sucks, and, and it sucks to... to see things like that. Uh, personally, and this is personally, I am not someone who would uh, ever riot. I am not someone who would loot. Now, it is not on me to condemn people who may see that as the only option any more than it is on me to condemn people who think that it's not a good option. Uh, it's not on me to condemn anyone. It's not on me to condemn anyone. That's important because Christ loves us all. And one of the biggest problems, and this is, I'm sorry, teens, one of the biggest problems is all of the generations have kind of messed this up for you. Like, you guys are supposed to be out there and be the light, and so many people get it right. We have so many Christians in, in this church and other churches I've been in around the world, so many people like C.S. Lewis, like Billy Graham, who have stood up and, and shown faith, and it happens, and it's the majority, I believe firmly, are doing it right. But then so many do it wrong, and it makes it so much harder for the following generations because things are often built on you have to choose a side. Uh, for example, I said that, that not all cops are racist. I believe that. But if you say, well, it's awful what happened to, to that young man, then suddenly people jump and be like, oh, well, the blah, 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 blah. And then vice versa. If you say, you know, not all cops are like that, then people will jump the other way. And it sucks. And that's what our politics is. If you watch the debates that are coming up, if we get to have them or have to have them, however you look at it, you will hear very clearly two separate sides and each side saying, you're an idiot if you believe this. You're an idiot if you believe that. Um, by and large, they're both wrong most of the time because if you look at the Republican uh, platform and you look at the Democrat platform, neither one of them is 100% Christian. Neither one of them is 100% right. You have to be yourself, think for yourself, because we don't serve a political party. We don't live for a political party. We are not loved by a political party. We are loved by Christ, and it is on us to stand up against injustice, but, but to do it in a Christ-like way. It is on us to help those that need it. It's on us to love everyone. It's on us to understand that we are loved, that we are loved, and we as Christians are saved, and so it should be that much more important to show Jesus into the world, to show his light, to show who he is. I realize that so far in 2020, everything's been awful because we've had the coronavirus and, and things have been out of whack for several months. Uh, you missed out on school. You missed out on prom. Some of you missed out on graduations. Um, some of your parents have lost jobs. Some awful things have happened. It's been tough. Some people have gotten sick. Some people have lost their lives. And then we go straight into to this, like this firestorm happening right now where something awful happened and then things happen on top of it that aren't great either. And it, it's easy to sit there and think, 
what is the point in, in being a Christian if this is the world? Well, the world is never going to be perfect. The world is never even going to be good. But because Christ died for us, because he loves us unconditionally, because he loves us and lives in us, we can make our world better. We can do our part to show the people in front of us who he is, to be his light, to be his voice. I want to continue. Um, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. Uh, some of us have faced persecution. Uh, in America, it's very rare uh, for certain people. Some people face it. Uh, but, but there are Christians around the world who face it every day. I know uh, when, when Nazarenes would talk uh, about missionaries, there were some countries where we could never post anything about where they were because they would literally be murdered just for being a Christian there. That still happens. Uh, right now, you're seeing a race of people who, who are persecuted. And, and throughout time, different people, different races, different genders have felt that persecution. As Christians, we are never going to be the dominant people in the world because it's hard to be a Christian. Because when you are living correctly, when you are loving everyone, when you are loving God, when you're doing what is right, a lot of people want you to fail. They want you to hate. They want you to be like the world because then they don't have to feel so bad. Because when we live right, like Jesus did, we shine a spotlight on everyone else. I would bet that every day of those three years, even before Judas made his decision to betray Jesus, that whenever he would steal, whenever he would feel greed, whenever he would say something wrong or do something wrong, he would look over at Jesus and be like, man, he's just perfect and he's really holding it over me. Now, Jesus didn't do that. He was perfect and did everything right, but he wasn't doing it to spite Judas, and yet it feels like that for people, and it's wrong, but it feels like that sometimes for people that aren't Christian. And, and for us, it's not fair, because life's not fair. I've said this a million times, and I'll say it again. I would love to say that if you become a Christian, everything will be perfect from then on. You're not going to be hurt. You're not going to be made fun of. You're not going to be mocked. You're not going to be hated. You're not going to be beaten up. You're not going to be killed. I would love to say that because I will tell you this. As soon as Corona is over, if I could promise that, every church would be filled because that's an amazing promise. But Jesus went through his time on earth every single day being hated. And yet, what did he return the hate with? He returned it with love. He, every day he was, had things thrown at him. He had people threaten his life. He had people threaten everything he believed in. And how did he return that? with love, hanging on the cross, saying, Father, forgive them, because they don't know what they do. It's so easy to want to give up. I would imagine that, that now, for teenagers, it is the hardest time ever to be a Christian, because so many people mess up, and so many people are, are mean and cruel and hateful, and it's so easy to just pick and choose and be like, well, if that person's like that, then I don't have to be any better. And that's what people have done for the entire history of time. But... That's why it's so important for those of us who are watching a live stream like this, for those of us who even during a pandemic will pay attention to, to what Pastor Tim, Pastor Julie say, uh, even to what I say. Uh, it's, it's so important for us to truly be like him because with the advent of 24-7 news and social media everywhere, you see every point of view constantly. And one of the things that I've said before, and I'll say it again, 
because of Twitter, because of Facebook, because of the way you can unfollow people and unfriend people, it becomes just this, this little circle of only people that agree with you. And so you begin to think, well, this is my worldview. Like, everybody thinks this way. And when you run into someone who thinks differently, you condemn them. You hate them. You get angry at them. And it sucks. And it happens the other way, where people will do that. And then when they run into someone who has a Christian point of view, it's like, well, that's stupid. Like, only like five Christians exist in the world. And obviously, that's not true. So it's on us to look at this scripture and not just to ask who we are, but to show people every day who we are. And it says, for your sake, we are killed every day. Jesus promised every step of the way that it would be hard. But he also promised that it would be worth it. I am here for a reason. I have said before, and I won't go deeply into this, that I'm terrified of public speaking. Uh, I was talking to Terry before this and just about like, man, I wish that, that I, I wrote out everything that I had to say. Because what if I go this way? What if I go that way? How, how am I going to know? And yet I have to trust God to speak through me. I have to trust him to help me. And, and because I'm scared of public speaking, uh, because I'm more comfortable at home writing or watching TV or playing video games, uh, and because of that, if I had my choice, even though I love what I do and I love every teenager and every adult that, that I've ever ministered to, if I had my choice... I would be quiet and just kind of sit there and never be around people. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't love it. It doesn't mean that I don't choose this now. But because of that fear, because of that anxiety, because of that personality, uh, it, it, it would be easy for me to just pull into my shell. And yet, God has a purpose for me just like he does for you. And because he loves me, because he loves you, he can help us deal with anything, even when it's hard, even when it's difficult. But we have to show him who we are, and we have to show the world who he is. Because this whole series, Who Am I?, only works if our answer is like Jesus. If our answer is children of God. If our answer is people who love God love others. It is very hard to do that. It is very hard for me to, to see people that I disagree with on either side of the aisle and, and not say, hey, you know what? You're dumb because I think this. That's a dumb thing to say. It's very hard for me, though, because we all, every single person, thinks that they're right all the time. Uh, and if you say, I don't always think that, well, you're wrong. Get that? Okay. So the point is, no matter what we face, no matter what we go through, we don't have the luxury of being like the rest of the world. We don't have the luxury of just sitting and hating and condemning because Jesus said, hey, they're going to hate you. You have to be better. They're going to go against you. You have to be stronger. You have to stand up for people who need it. You have to stand up for me. And that is what we are called to do. Last part of this scripture. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Uh, we already won. Now, it doesn't feel like that very often, but if you flip ahead to Revelation, spoiler alert, Jesus comes back and, and Christianity, the people who believe in Jesus, the people who follow him, stand victoriously at his side. Now, if you're watching a, a basketball game, which isn't happening yet, and let's say you have the greatest athlete of all time, let's just say, for example, Michael Jordan, and he's playing, and it's the 92 Bulls. I know that's a long time ago. Most of you weren't, none of you were alive now that I think about it. Crazy. Except for the adults. Sorry, we're old. The 92 Bulls. 
some people think it's the best team, even though they didn't have the most wins. Uh, if they were up, let's say 100 to 50 at the end of the half, it's not something that actually happened. The temptation would be, well, we've already won. Let's just stop and, and sit there, and then they're never going to come back. Uh, in football, let's say the Bengals are up in the Super Bowl. I'll give you a second to figure out what that would be like. But let's say they're up like 100 points, like 100 to zero. And they go into the fourth quarter. The temptation would be, well, let's just bench everybody and kind of sit here. We'll just punt. Uh, now, it's unlikely that anyone could come back. But if they do that, that's when people in sports get hurt. That's when people fall away. That's when people forget what they're doing. That's when people mess up. Now, it's not a perfect analogy, but as Christians, knowing we already have the victory, knowing we already have heaven coming, knowing that Jesus is already great and perfect and beyond everything, knowing all of that, the temptation can be to sit on our laurels and just wait for him to come back. But that's not what we're supposed to do. You see, the disciples knew more than anyone who Jesus was because they saw him die and then they saw him come back. They spoke to him. And then from there, they didn't say, well, someday Jesus is going to come back. Let's just kind of hang out. We're going to heaven. We're good. Uh, if you are saved, you're going to heaven. I believe that. But there is more to it than just faith. Now, faith is what gets you into heaven. And I'm, I'm fond of saying this. I probably stole it from somebody. If anybody, C.S. Lewis, but who knows? He's gone. And, and so what I love to say is... Your actions will not get you into heaven. You can do every good deed in the entire world over and over and over again, and it will not affect whether you get into heaven or not because that's your faith. That's whether you accept Jesus. That's whether you believe in Him. And as teenagers, sometimes that's tough to understand because you see so many people that do bad things succeeding and then you're doing what's right. But, but, and this is a big but, your actions will not get you into heaven. But they may point other people in that direction. They may point other people into seeing that Jesus is the answer. They will see your faith through your actions. James famously said, uh, faith without works is dead. Now he's not saying that you have to work your way into heaven. What he's saying is if you have faith and you truly have faith, but you're not doing what's right, you're not doing good, you're not showing people that you love God, love others, you're not showing people Jesus, then that faith will die because you won't work it out. Uh, one of the things, again, that I've heard before, uh, a lot of people will say you don't have to be a Christian to go to church. Theoretically, you don't have to be, go to church to be a Christian. Flip that. Theoretically, that's correct. But if you're not around people who are Christians, and I'm not talking about, I'm not including live stream in this time. I'm saying in your whole life. Uh, if you're never around people who go, uh, are, are like you, who believe like you, if you're never reading the Bible, if you're never praying, and you just you accept Jesus, and then the rest of your life is just sitting there, Eventually, you'll face something that's so hard and you don't know how to deal with it because we need that support. We need that love. We need that interaction. We need that hope that Jesus provides. There's one more scripture I want to read, and this is one that you know very well, I hope. I'm sure you do. John 3, 16 and 17. And this is the New Living Translation. Sorry. Uh, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only begotten son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Some versions say not to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus could have come, not as a baby, but as an adult. He could have appeared any time and said, all of you people are just as bad as you were in Noah's day. All of you people are, are not following me. All of you people are hating each other. You have so much hatred and so much anger and so much bitterness. He could have done that. And he could have said, none of you can reach this standard, so you're done, and wiped it out. 
And yet what he did was love us so much that he gave up his life, not just in death, but each of those 33 years he was on the earth, sacrificed to show us a better way, to live a better way for us, to love us in a better way. And instead of condemning, instead of judging, he said, listen, whatever you've done, let it go. Whatever has happened in your life, let it go and turn to me because that's the way to the Father. That's the way to peace. And he carried that message throughout his entire life. And he still carries it today throughout his entire existence. And he gave it to the disciples to take and say, hey, we're not here to condemn you. We're here to love you and to show you a better way. And then they gave it to people like Paul and Timothy and beyond and on and on and on. To people like Billy Graham, to people like C.S. Lewis. I flipped those, but... You guys don't know who they are anyway. Two, two different people all the way until we get to today where it is on Christians to be like Jesus more than ever right now. Uh, I am not in any way egotistical. In fact, as you know from my depression series, I pretty much hate myself all the time. And so I don't have this feeling that, man, if I preach a tough message that's difficult for me to say, then everybody's going to change. I don't think that my voice is what's needed. Uh, what is needed is God's love, is this verse that Jesus died so that every single person, every single person has a chance at heaven. And a lot of people will turn away from that. But do not ever let it be because of how you treated them. Do not ever let it be because of things you posted that you thought were clever. Do not ever let it be because of things you texted, because of jokes you made. Do not ever let it be because of what you've done. If anything, let the reason they find Christ be because of how you treat others, because of how you live, because of how you show His life. Because that's why we are here. In this series, I've talked about uh, two, three imperfect people and then Jesus. I've talked about David and how nobody believed in him. And the whole world was against him. And he felt that every day. And yet he felt God more. And he faced his giants with God there. He gave God the glory. He screwed up in his life. But he came back to God because he knew that it was a forgiving, hopeful, loving, merciful God. And he changed his life again and followed him. We talked uh, uh, about Daniel and how he had so many decisions to make. And he could have started a, a website, an organization to say, the king is wrong, let's take him down. Instead, he felt the way for him to step up was to just keep living his life the way he was called to live it. And so he did. And he was persecuted for that. He was arrested. He was almost killed. And yet God was there. We talked about Peter who screwed up and denied Jesus and lied and didn't know what to do and was scared and lost. And when Jesus came back, he could have run the other way, but he looked at Jesus and said, I do love you, Lord. And he said it back three times and then he got it and he went on and he was bold and strong. He was never perfect. We talked about Jesus who was and in facing temptations that he didn't have to face. He quoted scripture. And he quoted love and he quoted truth. He did not say, oh yeah, devil, you suck. And he does. He did not say, oh yeah, well, everybody who doesn't believe in me, they're dumb and I hope they all die. He didn't say any of that. He said, I'm going to live the right way. Please follow me. I'm going to live the right way. This is the truth. He never once hid the truth. But he didn't shame people and hurt people and hate people into believing his way. He could have because he was perfect. What he did was set the example and then speak proudly and genuinely and lovingly about how to follow him as teenagers. And I know adults listen to this too because I see the views because I'm crazy and I check stuff like that. 
as teenagers, eventually you're going to be back in school. I promise. Eventually you're going to be back in school and you're going to be faced with the temptations we've talked about, with the troubles, the problems that we've talked about. You're going to be faced with so many hard things. And you're going to question over the next four years, six years, eight years, ten years, whatever. You're going to be faced with so much that you're going to question a lot of times who you are. And then you're going to become an adult. You'll be like, I think I'll have all the answers now. Guess what? You don't. And you're going to question sometimes who you are. This series, I've talked about who you are. Who you are is loved by God. I do not care what you look like. I do not care what you believe. I do not care where you are. Who you are is loved by God. I pray that you get that. I pray that you accept that. But I promise that I also love you. And that's not worth nearly as much. But I will always do my best to love him fully and to show that through my actions, through my words, through who I am. And my whole call to to action for this, teens, adults, I guess that covers everybody. Children, sorry. Do the same. You're not going to be perfect. You're not. You're going to sometimes do the wrong thing. You're going to sometimes mess up. You're going to sometimes have the wrong opinion. But do not back yourself into a corner and refuse to see the right way. Refuse to see the light. Instead, love God fully. Accept that love that He has for you no matter what you do, no matter what you think, no matter what you've done. He loves you completely. Accept that and then show it to every single person. It does not mean you agree with every single person. It will never mean that. It does not mean that you like every single person. It will never mean that. It means that you love them so much that you will not hate them, that you will not condemn them, that you will not judge them, that you will not talk about them, you will not post about them negatively. You will not make jokes about them. It means that you love them. And you'll pray for them. You'll hope for them. And if they hurt you and you have to cut them out of your life, it happens. But don't let that defeat you because the next person hopefully will hear you. There have been so many people in my life who I've ministered to who have said, this isn't for me, and walked away into a different life. And it hurts every single time. But there have also been people who said, you know what? Love God, love others. I like that. I'm going to change. I'm going to follow that. If I had given up after the first few people that said no, that didn't like me, that didn't like what I said, I believe that someone else would have come along and hopefully reached those other people. But who knows? God will find a way where it seems there is no way. And for many people, that way is us. To show the way to Jesus, to show the way to the Father. I know as teenagers you're thinking, well, this world's too big for me. I I can't change anything. Like I said at the beginning, you can't. But you can be that change. You can be Jesus in a world that needs to see him. Don't be like the world. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. Don't ever hate. Instead, love. Feel that love that you have, that you are loved unconditionally with, and then show that to every single person. Admit when you are wrong. Admit when you need help. And never forget that God loves you so much. That he gave his only son so that you would have a way to heaven and that you would be able to show other people that way. That's all I got.